Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. It's episode 55 and I'm joined by Aaron, albeit virtual this time. Aaron, how are we doing? You okay? I'm all right, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very good. Eager Beaver is pouring the beer and we are not alone this evening. We are, straight we are, in. He's straight in. He's not messing around. We are joined by Peter, the head of sales from Pillars Brewery in London. Peter, thanks for joining. How are you? Oh, no worries. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining. And, and indeed, thank you for uh, for sending us the, the beers, which we will drink. Uh, Aaron, we are jumping straight in with the beers. You've got it in the glass, as have I. Um, we are jumping in with the Pillars Pilsner. But before we give our tasting notes on that, Peter, do you want to kick us off with a brief bit about yourself, your beer journey and how you came to be head of sales at Pillars? Yeah, yeah. No, it's... um. It's quite the journey. So uh, you might know, but I'm from I'm from Dublin originally. So I moved to London about twelve years ago. Um, uh, in that classic classic journey to follow a girl. And um, yeah, long story short, is I need to pay the rent. So I wanted to be a sports journalist, but I ended up working in in my local pub. And um, one thing that really excited me from working in that pub, apart from I worked in hospitality in Dublin, but over here you had Cascale which is not a thing really in Ireland. No. And so I was working in a pub that kind of championed Cascale. And I had a few pints of bitter and special. And that just changed my perception of beer, which was predominantly, you know, like in Ireland at the time, fizzy lagers and Guinness. Mm. And then if, if the Guinness is bad, you drink the Smillics. That's like, that's everything that's in it. Ireland. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Um, and so coming over here, seeing the world of cask, I worked in that pub, worked my way up. Um then worked in another venue, all in London. This is kind of just working my way up the hospitality tree, which was really exciting. All the while learning about Cascale, about craft beers and getting getting as much information as I could. And then I end up uh, getting a job as a training manager for BrewDog. This was years ago, uh, which you probably do a whole different podcast on BrewDog alone. But um, <laughs> one, th- one, thing, one thing I'll say at the time is the training at BrewDog was incredible. And yeah. um, it really, really helped me grow my knowledge, learning about brewing, brewing, brewing processes. But something that I think is really, really important is also is how to keep and dispense beer, which mm-hmm. um, using like certified Cicerone um, accreditation, just learning all about that. And then from there, um, both um, myself and my partner knew that me working in pubs all the time wasn't uh, viable. We wanted to have a, a healthy relationship, um, which is, which is uh, unfortunate, but it's the way life works. So I ended up wanting to stay in craft beer. So I worked for a distributor called uh, Ebria Trade, which is like online Amazon of craft beer, which was yeah. really cool, mm-hmm. really, really good way to learn into the kind of sales side of things because I love beer and I didn't want to leave that world. Um, and then from there, I worked there for a year and a half learning loads, which was a really great experience. And then one, one of my previous colleagues from BrewDog came knocking at the door while he was uh, head of sales for Siren Craft Brew. Okay. And so he asked, they were looking to grow in London. And so he asked me, do you want to be part of the sales team in Siren? And I'm sure as most of your listeners don't know, or if they don't know already, Siren make incredible beer. So I couldn't, I couldn't really say no to that. Um, and that was a really, really exciting time. Spent about three years at Siren, just under three years. And again, learning all about um, the trade, obviously peddling their beer. But um, what it also allowed me to do was just learn so much about how to sell, but yeah. also um, about <laughs> pubs in London. Um, which is now one of my massive passions is just just seeing the different pubs, the different kind of different kind of venues we have in this city. Um, I don't want to make this all London centric because I have been up north to Leeds and, and Manchester, and that was one cool thing about Brewdog. I got to help open bars in Leicester. It's not even just London; just the pubs in the UK are incredible. Yeah. Um, and so from there, um, I was working at Siren, and then Pillars came knocking on my door as well, and they were looking to grow, which um, I might talk about in a bit and they wanted to increase their presence in london and so i met the guys i actually already sold them beer already sold them sirens so i knew a bit about them and uh, <laughs> yeah. i lived in walthamstow at the time uh up in east london so i went to the brewery and, and um, i tried the beers many a time and one thing that i always try to do as a salesperson is is work with a place that has a good product because you don't want to make your life any harder and yeah Going from Siren is like, okay, this I gotta make sure the beer is good. And then all the beers I tried from Pillars was just were just exceptional. And so um and the one apart from having amazing products, the people were lovely as well. It's, it's a family run business. So uh, yeah, I just I just met them a few times and um we kind of I joined in December 2022. 
Um, so I've been there just over a year and yeah, I haven't really looked back since. It's it's been a really, really exciting year to to work with the guys and, and to just to get really, really good lager out there. Well, I can say for for definite from my brief knowledge and sort of taste experience of Lager, you're saying about the products and you're you're drinking the uh, the Pilsner that we we're drinking now, the uh, the gluten free pill pillars pilsner. It's it's cracking. You know, it's it's a cracking cracking beer and like you say you need to have passion about the product that you're selling and like you say siren their reputation precedes them a little bit but i suppose was there some trepidation almost or maybe some question mark over going to a brewery that specializes in one you know one thing like a, a, a lager because obviously it's i suppose the perception which we'll come on to now or at any other point of lager in this country is kind of well i'll just drink mass-produced lager rather than drinking small batch you know handcrafted lager so was that a sort of a a question in the back of your mind when you when they approached you to, to take the job you know there's literally the first question i asked myself because <laughs> at siren we were producing or the brewers were producing almost around 100 unique beers a year mm. and i knew from my little um, kind of uh, research from pillars is that we they they weren't kind of producing as well nowhere near as many specials about five or six yeah. specials but there's one thing that I noticed from my time at Siren, and, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit, is that that kind of, I don't know if it's the customer base or the brewers' um, excitement levels or the palates of, of the kind of consumers, but I think lagers were definitely on the growth. Um, I noticed in my final couple of years in, um, at Siren, and I knew that this was the market that is completely underappreciated and um, being lambasted by massive industrial corporate breweries um, yeah, yeah. and so I knew that this was a product that one I loved which which was which was really really important as you say and if if I love the product and the product's really good and I can see that there is a growth in this market I, I asked myself was this the right step to make and ultimately um, I think it really was and it was also cool as well to to kind of be part of a business at, the, at that stage so they've been going since 2016 which is not too old, not too young, but um, we mm. rebranded, Repillers rebranded a couple of years ago and they kind of, they've hired a new head brewer, which I'll probably mention in a bit. Um, and so they were in a different stage of their growth. There was quite organic growth initially, but at this bringing me on and the new head brewer was like, mm. all right, we need to step up. And just them going, well, me asking, what do you expect? And they're like, we just want you to go out and just kind of help achieve hit those targets and having that onus on the small business at that stage is yeah. for me is really, really cool. Like just to be part of a business and see the effect you make literally day to day. That was something that I was like really, really, really kind of uh, chomping at the bit for. Well, this is it. And it, like you say, the the excitement there is because there's a lot of untapped potential there, isn't there, of lags. And there's a couple of other breweries like Utopian, uh, Braybrook et al. that do just specialise in, and uh, Don Zoko, they specialise in doing big formula as well but that's you know four maybe five that i could name mm -hmm. off the top of my head whereas anything else in this world you know ipas pales sours stouts you could name probably 20 different variations so it's almost like you say there's a an untapped market and resource to to go go hit because it always seems to be that 20 you know the net you know 21 22 23 any year is the year of the craft lager you know it's always the thing and everyone gets excited yeah, when yeah. It, you know, when a big brewery like, you know, maybe Verdant does a, a lager or Dea does a lager or whomever does a lager and it's, oh, it's exciting, but then it's not quite exciting enough to take off. And Aaron, you probably see it a little bit yourself uh, uh, quirky in terms of people's, yeah. you know, reaction to lags and when you do variations and spin-offs. But it, it, our relationship with lager seems to be very, you know, very blow hot and cold and be very indifferent at times. Yeah, I think it's one of them styles that, uh, you know, you, um, we quickly sort of skirted over it, saying that it is sort of sometimes overlooked, um, you know, and um, it's sort of forgotten about, really. But, you know, when a lager is done perfectly, and I think we were talking about this in the, in the last episode, actually, saying that when a lager's done right, there's, I mean, you know, in, in a, on a hot day, on a, you know, you've just been for a walk, a run, a jog, whatever it is, you know, doing some uh, exercise or what have you. It's that crisp, you know, refreshing, um, light bodied uh, beer just hits the spot every time. And, um, you know, like you say, yeah, okay. Some people will say, you know, I'm not going to spend X amount on a lager because it is just lager. I'll just have whatever. It's like, well, it's not really. No, 
you know, it, mm. it's yes, okay, it's the same. Well, that in commas, it's the same, but it's it's not when someone's poured the heart and soul into it, like uh, pillars do. You can tell straight away. You know, just drinking this, uh, just drinking the pills that we're having now, it's automatically a lot better than just a lager. Air quotes again there. You're getting a lot more for it, and it's it's almost trying to. You know, for me, that was my. I was very dismissive of lagers for for quite some time, really. And it's almost getting mm. people to realise that there's more than like to lager than just it's cold, it's fizzy, it's wet, and it keeps you, you know, refreshed in inverted commas, like you say on a hot day. It can give you some flavour. You can get some nice bitter malts. You can get some nice, you yeah. know, some hop flavour in a lager. And then, as the last episode, as we did cold IP and things, you're getting all these variants and spin-offs, and I think that will sort of bring interest into lagers naturally because it's almost that hybrid then well if this can be a cold IPA can be made from the good bits of a lager well what can just a good lager on its own be well this is it and I think I think as well which I think people going full circle especially when you first get into craft beer the the first beers people get into are your brew dog it's your you know your your Thornbridge sort of uh, sort of IPAs and things, AMPM, Jiper, Punk, Dead Pony. They're they're the first ones that everyone sort of sees because they're accessible and you know they they can try them with relative ease. And then you sort of go into this, like it's the Pokemon syndrome we've, we've spoken about. You know you've you've got to catch them all, you've got to have them all, and you go out and you find the juiciest sneaker or the the driest out or what have you. And then after that, you know you don't get bored of it, but. You know, sometimes What's you just, next? yeah, that's it. You, you get you get to a point where you start drinking things, you know, and you're not going to enjoy, just so you mm. can collect a little badge and you can collect your Pokemon sticker saying I've got it. Um, yeah, and sometimes it's nice to just drink beer for for what it is, well made, tastes nice. I like it, you know, and I think mm. everyone goes in that sort of full circle of you know drinking weird, wonderful, the weirder the better to stripping it back a little bit into going, I actually like this for, for what it is and I'm not having to worry about if my friends had it or if I'm the first one to have it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, what you mentioned <clears throat> reminds me of like the, a classic meme of the evolution of man, as in from the, the species. Yeah, You've yeah. seen that and it like starts off with a craft, the, the craft beer drinker, you know, starts off with double IPAs, triple IPAs, <laughs> yeah. then sours, then imperial stouts and then like saisons. And then they evolve to the lager. It's, it's kind of like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's almost irony in, in, in that mm. because yeah, it's funny because yeah, the same with me. Like when, when craft beer came out, it was obviously the the marketing of Brewdog and other and the breweries like that. But it was just you just wanted something different, and it's mm. it's it's kind of comes back to what Stephen was saying regarding there's not too many craft lager breweries, and that's because like ultimately it, it's a very difficult market, but it's also it's a beer style that has been literally just constantly battered at night. There's, there's obviously there's amazing German lagers that have been in this country and Belgian lagers have been in this country for a while. But every, even when I do tastings, people are like, oh, so so what what beers do you have? I was like, oh, well, I've got this lager. It's like, and then do you have any beers? Like they almost separate the two styles yeah, yeah, of beer yeah, yeah, and yeah. lager. And that's to me, it's like, no, no. <laughs> Don't put lager out in the cold, <laughs> yeah. you know. It belongs in yeah. space. Lager and, is uh, beer. It is beer, honest. Yeah. It is beer, yeah. And that's the thing. And so um it's 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 a style that yeah, I'm I'm just so glad that it's getting the love and like even for, for you guys to get in touch to to to, to re or even yeah, doing the cold IPA, which is which is amazing because that's a style I love as well. It's just it's getting it's 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 not it's excuse the like a day in the sun, but it's it's just getting the recognition it deserves because as as Aaron says, like and we'll probably talk about it like brewing lager is so hard and brewing good lager <laughs> yeah like yeah. there's there's a reason like you probably go to the big breweries and maybe if, if i get a job with them they might i don't want to name any names within 10 years time but like there's certain breweries out there the big corporate ones that like there's very little uh humans involved in that the, the, yes. the brewing to a spec and it's pressing a lot of buttons and they have that down to, to complete tea, so the beer tastes the exact same every single yeah, yeah. time. And and obviously because their customer base is huge and they cannot uh, risk kind of changing anything up. And, and obviously a, a brewery of our size or the Bray Books you mentioned or or any of the larger folks breweries, we don't have those massive, you know, huge yeah, pieces yeah. of equipment to work with, which is why it, it, it's really down to just really, really, really skillful brewing at this stage, which is um, 
which is yeah to come back full circle is why I'm really excited to work with Pillars because yeah. the beer is just really good. But I think that's that's that is the charm um, of of the smaller breweries, you know, like like yourself and uh, uh, and if you know all the, uh, the smaller nano micro whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to class yourself as. It isn't just like you say. There is that human element to what we do. You know, it does. It does matter to us. It isn't just, you know, push button A, push button B, uh, put bag A into container A and stir mm-hmm. and wait for a bit, and then in three days we'll ship it out, sort of thing. It doesn't. You know, it. It. The magic's gone, um, and and brewing is magic. <laughs> you know, that's. Uh, me getting all uh, doe-eyed about <laughs> here, right, here. it's getting emotional this hour uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is it is magic man you know you take ingredients you put them into a, into different vessels and this wonderful liquid comes out of it that tastes nice and makes you feel good mm-hmm. um, it's magic it really is um, so yes yeah, so the, the big conglomerates that um, the, you know that churn it all out yeah they're uh, they're the machine that's uh, killing the joy of beer well if you like you same Pete though it's if you boil it down to sort of its parts, the mass-produced lager is not really lager anyway, is it? When you when you look at it, because it's not produced using the the craftsmanship mm-hmm. and the skill and the you know giving the actual product the time to to actually you know be produced and become a lager. Which obviously lager is notoriously a difficult style to produce, which will come on to like you say because it needs to be left for you know seven eight weeks more or less you know to actually come to. Ma- you know, full maturation to be released, whereas these companies are just a couple of days, whatever it might be, it's ready, blend it away if it's not right and blend it away again if it's not right and just ship it on. And and obviously that's part of the reason why yeah. a lot of breweries choose to do lagers very infrequently or don't specialise in them because you need a lot of space to store it, to let it do its thing, which I suppose in a way makes your job maybe a little bit tricky in terms of kind of the brewing schedule, like you say, is a with styles, but B with turnaround is right. Well, we brewed this in January. Well, it might not be ready till March or April or whenever. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> trying to get people excited about a product, excited about a product that might not be out for you know two or three months or so. So I, I imagine that brings about some some challenges with with the job itself as well. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that we we just brewed our first special of the year last week, which will be ready in as you say March. <laughs> <laughs> So like yeah, you're like your your brewery's brewing a pale ale and IPA. You know they they can they can really hype up the release and or sometimes mm-hmm. you know the kegs are already gone before it's even they've already been sold before it's even in there. Which obviously is, I'm nothing against, but yeah, it's just very different as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing we in terms of production and and yeah, it, like essentially if if you went to a bank and you asked for them for the loan to start a lager brewery they just go what are you doing this is stupid because mm. <laughs> you have you have no product for for almost six weeks you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have nothing to, to to sell and also you need a lot of space so that's why the the growth that that we're seeing now is, is really exciting and, and part of that was was bringing in we we finally um got to expand the brewery um Massively, um, we've we've expanded it bit by bit, getting in like a tank or two uh, past four years. But this or last year in November, no October, we finally installed six new horizontal lagering tanks, which which okay. doubled the capacity wow. of the brewery, mm. which is really cool. And it was funny, like it was because I was I was sharing about it to all my customers. You have to come see these tanks. There's these beautiful <laughs> horizontal tanks, like lager should be store uh, conditioning and 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 mature maturing, as you say, and horizontally to really let the yeast do its work. Mm-hmm. And we've seen increased quality and, and head retention already on the back of that. But I was getting all my customers excited about it. I was even excited about it. Everybody was excited <laughs> about it. And then we put the beer in it, and we're just like. Oh. We like we got it, and then we just yeah. have to wait. So like, there was this point where yeah. we were full on, on our tanks uh, inside. The capacity was full, and but like, well, you got these new tanks. It's like, yeah, well, it's like you know, it's literally it's like watching paint dry. It's like, mm. it's yeah. Tough, yeah, we've come to the back end of it now, and it's really uh, paid dividends. So I suppose the 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 big question then, Peter, is if you know the answer, when the brewer is founded, why why lager was was the idea to to make lager the thing to bring awareness to it or what was the idea behind the, the sort of the, the formation of the brewery and just saying we're going to do lager? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So the the, the brewery is founded by three brothers and uh, and their mate Gavin. Um, 
and they're quite funny. It's almost like a, an Avengers team of, of, of specializations and skills. So, so the three brothers um, worked in, in retail in kind of like the St. Albans kind of area. Mm-hmm. And um, But all the while, like classic, um, most brewery founders, they always had a passion for, for craft beer. Mm-hmm. And then the friend that came in, Gavin, he was, he again, they were brewing in, in their, well, in Omar, one of the founders' uh, sheds. And they were, they were brewing all sorts of things. It wasn't just lager, but um, they uh, they got to a point where Gavin, who was working in, in, in finance and in investment and in finance, he realized that, like, I don't like this job anymore. You know, it's a classic <laughs> story. Um, and then the, the three brothers sold their, their retail company and they're like, well, what are we going to do this? Because they always love beer. And so one of them is, is head of operations. One of them is, is the head brewer. And then one of them is head of marketing. And they all kind of had their own specialisms. And then you know, Gavin is, is more of the finance man. And um, they just kind of looked at the market. They did a lot of research. Um, if, if you guys ever meet Gavin or come down to the brewery, he's a very analytical uh, mind. And he's very, very smart in how he, how he approaches things, which is great. Because um, they all kind of interact. Myself and Omar are similar, where we just got to get things done and get it done quickly. And then you have the person at the back going, "Well, is this the right thing?" And so, <laughs> yeah. with, that, with with that kind of thinking, he he saw obviously craft beer was booming uh, in around 2016, where it was really becoming into its boom. But there was no there was no craft lager breweries, um, mm. and maybe there's a reason for that. But it was it was a, it was a, maybe a little gap in the market that that, it, that they saw and they kind of wanted to to kind of try and, and put their hands in, in the air for and uh so yeah so they did did start the first like london craft larger brewery and um because they, they, they thought it was, it was it was a smart thing to do to look at the kind of as, as most marketeers or analy- analytical minds do want to see the gaps and, and try and get into them mm. but um if you probably ask them now if they if it was a smart idea, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they say no. Because yeah. and uh, I don't know how long we have in this podcast, but I can tell you a million reasons why not to start a lager brew. We've already talked about the kind of production side of things, but also yeah, in terms of my, what I do is the sales and, and the kind of in terms of the market, it's extremely competitive. Um, mm. And and the breweries that you mentioned, the other lager breweries, we're all out there trying to fight for maybe one tap on, on the top of ten. Because there's there's your there's your big boys, yes. there's your Heinekens, your Adrian Bevs, your Coors, and Marstons, and a lot of people who who have obviously a lot of lot of the share of the market, but also as we know from from beer, beer is never far from from marketing spends. And as a small business, we don't have that kind of budget like your Camden House, no. or and so it's a it's it's a market that's really hard to get into, but like, thankfully, like because of like podcasts like this and, and groups in camera and friends and pubs and, and more people like the guys at Pillars, that there, there's more and more bars and, and breweries out there that have more independence on their lines. And um, because, you know, if we, we could have started this brewery in, in a different country with, with different kind of pub set outs or layouts and, and in terms of buying patterns and how everything is tied. Um, yeah. you know, they could have they could have grown six times in a year because if you've got a good product that, that's half the job but obviously having a good product especially as we've seen with a lot of these amazing breweries closing is 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 far from the full battle and um, so it's a competitive market but i think touch wood we're doing okay um but yeah they they probably were a lot more optimistic about opening lager brewery in 2016 than, than they are now but fortunately it's going well yeah well i mean yeah, like you say, it's always a tough sell when you've got the the likes of the big boys doing it, and and like you say, the, one of the obviously direct competitors of yourselves is obviously Camden Town, and they're they're hell mm. to do. But I mean, certainly from a you know an end consumer, not in in bars and pubs. I mean, when when you when you look at the you know the quality of, of the bottles, I mean, this is the ice. Yeah. Pack, but you know, it is a it's a premium product. You know what I mean? It's a proper yeah. by by definition, and even just the the quality of like the label and the bottle for the pills, and you know, it, it's a proper product it's really I mean? different isn't it that's the first yeah. thing you look at it's you know obviously yeah I'm, I'm the first to say i love can art and 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 bottle art and all that sort of stuff and it's brilliant um and the the people who design them are you know incredibly talented but I, I, it's amazing how how simple yet effective this is it reminds me of um you know the uh the newspaper in harry potter with all the moving pictures mm-hmm. 
I don't know if that's something you, you were going for or, or not, but it just reminds me of that. I almost feel like if I turn the bottle enough, there's going to be like a moving picture of Dumbledore, like being slain. Give it a few years. We'll have that <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like if you can get something like a QR code or something, you could scan <laughs> and then it that's moves. That's where it's going, yeah. So, but it, yeah, it just reminded me of that. I just think it, it, it you know, it, the first time I saw him, I think the first one I had was the uh, New Zealand Pilsner oh, nice. from yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had that uh, a while back. That was yeah, one of the first ones I had. And just the, the black and the white writing, it was just so unique. And so it was really, really clever how everything was on the front. You didn't have to spin it around. You didn't have to look at it. It's just there. You want to know what it is? Read it. You know, it's in front of you. <laughs> so... This is it. Yeah, I just really, I really liked how the uh, how the design is. But I'm a bit of a nerd for for label design and stuff. I uh, I love all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, like I, I think it's 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 kind of testament of where things are coming. And yeah, it's, it's really important. I've got the hop lager here, which um, I had the last couple of bottles. So that's why you haven't got it. But yeah, again, it's similar. <laughs> it's, it's clean. It's clean font. It's it's clear. And um, because again, it kind of it, I think. Yeah, as I said, you can have the best best beer in the world, but if it's not branded correctly, it's, it's going to be even tougher to, to kind of get it out there. And, and the guys, when they did the rebrand a couple of years ago, putting it, we actually did cans originally. So we went kind of the opposite direction. Um, mm-hmm. Many breweries are doing that now. But yeah, we originally did can. And then with the rebrand, we, we saw the branding, like you said, Aaron, it's like it's clean. It's 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 like, yes, it's it's obvious. It's, it's not um, kind of, you know, it's not going to distort your opinion of anything in terms of, of what you're getting. And so the guys thought, well, it makes more sense to look at these in bottles for that kind of premium feel, as you say. Um, because, yeah, you have to stand out. Um, and so putting it back in bottle was it was a pretty controversial decision, but it's, it's really helped us grow in, in various different markets in the industry, which is great. And, you know, the bottles... Um, you know, it's it's not green glass of Heineken or clear of Corona, so, so mm-hmm. the beer... The beer, the beer still tastes. Well, you've gone for a nice bit before the ice fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, going in. I, I'm yeah, glad I that wasn't yeah. me struggling to open it because I was trying to sneakily do it <laughs> off screen, just trying to open this wax sealed bottle. But then I'm like, I can't get in. I, I can't yeah, get in. I have to I use the edge of my uh, of the beer or of the beer. Uh, well, the, the bottle opener. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I prize it round. Well, I've always wondered what the circle at the end of a bar blade was for, and I've just used it on that, and I was like, is that what it's for? To like no, get the wax not. seal off. Of no, it's not. Pub. no, I'm going to say, yeah, it's just, is it just to twirl it round? Is it literally just so? To twirl yeah, it there's multiple, multiple uses. As you've seen there, it's the, the fidget spinner for most people <laughs> yeah. who, like myself, who worked in bars, we're all ADHD and we've got our heads on the go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the main thing is it's so you can hang it like on the side of a bar, you put a nail on it, or you can attach yeah, it to yeah. your belt. I thought, um, I thought it actually had like a functional. I know that hanging it is a functional purpose, but no, actually, know, like I disregard what I just a said. Secret, a secret, a secret usage, just like a secret weapon of like I've, I've got one of these. I'd love it if it were actually yeah. for that. That'd be fantastic. It's specifically made for Pillar's icebox. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you missed <laughs> you the marketing trick yeah. there. You missed but, the marketing yeah. trick. If you get a bottle, yeah, get a bottle opener. Just like you don't have to be a knife, but you know, just something thin, so you can go around all the way. Take take your fingers off if it were a knife. But yeah, I mean, I mean. Kudos to whoever has got the unfortunate job of uh, wax sealing and stamping them bottles. Oh, God, they've, done, no. they've, done a, they've done a bloody good job of that, I can tell you. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's everybody at the brewery. But funny, the day that we do it, I'm always out in meetings. Uh, no, it's but, funny uh, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go sell it. You, I'll leave that bit to you guys. I'll, <laughs> I'll go sell it. I'll do what I do best. I'll do. What yeah, I no, do it's best. it's a it's a pretty arduous task, but um, it's uh, it's definitely worth it. And we did one this year as well with the. With the latest ones, we actually did like uh, five special glitter ones. So they're special glitter, and you, you if you if you buy that one of them online, or you find one in in a bar, you get you get some free goodies. So there's these beautiful glittery kind of waxes. It's cool. So so the, so the the wax is glittery. The beer is not glittery. Is it just, just no, 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 no. We've, we've not got we've not gone Vault City here, have we? For a no. second, just yeah. Just like, it's, it's like that. Uh, Gold that that gold vodka you used to see as a kid or something. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Gold schlager or something like that. Yeah. I still have nightmares about that Vault City beer that had glitter and it went all over that. Covered my kitchen in it. <laughs> my kitchen. Just, why why would you put glitter in a beer, just honestly? I don't know. Munza did it with a stout recently magic. as well. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. So as we said, we have the ice box in the glass. And Peter, I must mm. admit, this is my uh, knowingly my first 
ever try of an ice bock. And on the label, you advertise this as the UK's first ice bock. Um, so whilst I give this a little sniff and a little taste, please tell us about this, the ice bock and, and the special releases that, that you are doing this year and last year for this one. Yeah, no, it's 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 really cool, um, and it's nice. You, yeah, you mentioned this because we just sat down last week and we planned our specials for the year. Um, and I'll even preface it when I do my customer meetings or we meet our customers, and I'm always asked, I always like to ask them, like, is there any beer you'd like us to see us brew? Like, oh, would have been IPA or a pale ale. I was like, we're sticking with lagers. And, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not us. <laughs> that's not us. And I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that we do because we, as, as we say, and as you can hopefully try, we really hone, hone our style. Um, and so with lagers, it's, it's great because obviously selling a product is brilliant and, and getting people to try beer, beer is brilliant, but also getting to educate people. And I think that this country, especially, um, I think, uh, especially when it comes to drinks is really curious and, being able to educate people and showcase what lager can do in terms of, of the yeast, or even you even ask, like I do lots of tastings and it's really interesting to see, does anyone know what the word lager means? Or do you know the difference between a lager and an ale? And then was just like, um, which is, which is great. That, that means I get to educate, I get to educate them. And it just also showcases maybe, you know, the, the marketing of a certain product has been, has kind of numbed, numbed the nation's perception of it. So, yeah, coming back to the ice buck, it's a beer that um, it just kind of blows people's perceptions of, of lager, firstly, um, out the window. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we brew this every year. And how we do it is, is really cool, um, is, is we brew a doppelbock. So that, that is a kind of classic German style of lager. Um, you know, the story of, of the doppelbock is, is that while the monks in Germany were fasting, they could still drink. And so they brewed this beer that was, you know, super malty. You know, it's going to have this kind of almost six to seven, maybe to eight percent ABV. So it, it's calorific. It will keep them going during the day. They might miss a few bell tolls, I'm sure. <laughs> a, few, a few too many of them. But um, but again, it's a be- beautiful kind of amber, dark lager style that, that is um, like what well, was iconic and um, still is somewhat in, in Germany. And so that is the base of the beer. Um, and then to, to make the ice buck is, is really cool. So we, we brew that we brew the double buck and then. What we do is we then add loads more yeast to it just to kind of reignite the beer. Um, and then we ferment that out for, for about eight weeks. Um, and then during the, during the process, it, it obviously increases in ABV, but also what we do. And the reason why it takes eight weeks, sometimes 10, sometimes 12, is, is we do this around minus one degrees. So it's a super, super cold uh, conditioning wow. and, and fermentation period. So I always use the analogy that like ale yeast is like Usain Bolt and, and lager yeast is more like Mo Farah and that it takes its time. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> That's good. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeast, ale yeast is, is, is done, is done, you know, relatively quickly speaking. And well, yes, lager yeah. yeast is, is uh, it takes its time with eating those sugars. Um, and then, yeah, so, and then we get it down to about minus five degrees after that. And that wow. um, then freezes any excess water that's, that's left in the brew to kind of, give it concentration um, and the, the, the kind of main aim of it is is to get a really really clean beer but also that's really strong and really malty um, and so we, we then really kind of work with our carbonation really really precisely to make sure that it doesn't lose much body yeah. but it still has a bit of carbonation and um, we then we do prime some of the bottles you're using so there's that little bit of fizz in it because yeah. unless unless it's there it's going to be quite sickly well not sickly but almost syrupy and it doesn't make it as drinkable and mm-hmm. um, so yeah it comes out as a beautiful liquid between sometimes eight uh, i think this version is 7.5 that you're drinking mm. yeah it is uh, yeah that's correct mate Jeez, i did my homework and then um <laughs> it's last year's came out 8.5 you know as as you probably know aaron or both Stephen, like brewing to these these kind of conditions and these abvs is oh yeah 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 it's yeah it's guesswork until it's not guesswork anymore and you know what it exactly. is you've got no idea it has a mind of its own so yeah we're fortunate because it is lower lower temperature conditioning it is a little bit more stable but um mm. yeah the, the guys the guys what what the main aim is just to make a really strong lager one that is drinkable one that showcases what lagers could do uh, and three is is, is just to make make the brewers happy because it's like it's like their christmas every year they get to brew it um, and yeah. they really get to stretch the kind of boundaries and new techniques mm. that they're learning all the time 
Um, so the version you're drinking, 2022, yeah, that that spent about 16 weeks uh, in conditioning, um, which is really nice when I'm running out of Pilsner, but it, 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 yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. it has to be done um, in order for the beer to get out, the, uh, to get the right flavor. And um, mm. yeah, it's what's really cool. And it's, it's, it's really exciting. And, and yeah, so if, if you want to get even more traditional, it's called an ice bottle. It's actually, the style is actually called um, uh, Einbach or Einbeck. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a traditionally brewed in, in a German city called uh, Einbeck, I think. Um, so that's the kind of the kind of origin story of it. So there yeah. is like, um, uh, so I think it's Einger do a version of an ice bot that's really popular. Um, and that's that's probably quite ubiquitous. You can sometimes find in, in your shop, um, in your craft beer shop. But yeah, there's a couple of couple of German breweries that release an ice bot every year, but it's super rare. And it's something yeah, that yeah. we we wanted we wanted to do to just kind of kind of showcase lagers i gotta say it is it is the first uh first uh one that i've had as well alongside uh steve and um it's it's good mate this is really nice um i don't think i've ever tried called like it i've had I've, I've had i've had box and, and and double box before and things like that but as you say it's just got that little bit something a bit different as you say with th techniques that you're doing with the uh the yeast and the minus one and eight weeks and all that sort of thing. And as well, you know, a, a few of them, um, especially, I mean, I say about box and double box. I haven't really, I've just had ones when I've been on holiday and it's the, it's the one they have on tap when you go into a pub or what have you, nothing, nothing craft or, or, or special. Um, and what they've, they can't, yeah, you can't, you, you can get that sickliness or that syrupiness from them. But what a lot of them do is, is what you've said, where is you take the carbonation, really seriously of it because a lot of them are so carbonated that you just lose everything so it's that fine line of over or under carbonation um and so it's nice to hear that you you know you really really look after that because i think you can see it in the glass it's just a very very well balanced beer um yeah, it's yeah. like I, I like to say like carbonation especially with lager brew is kind of like our seasoning um mm. you know lots of lots of your pale ales or or ales or IPAs, you know, using those hops as the seasoning for the dry hopping. And we do dry hop um, the odd beer, like the New Zealand pills you, you mentioned. But, yep. but for us, getting, getting the carbonation just right is, is mm. super yep. important. And I just remembered the beer is Aventinus, I think, is the German beer, if people want to check out a, a traditional German-style uh, ice bock. Uh, it's awesome. Which is relatively-ish available um, if you've got a good good bottle shop near you. That's not the one uh -huh. with the goat, is it? Sorry? Is that the one with the goat? Yeah, so yeah, the Iringer do they like the celebratory, which is like their Doppelbock. Yeah. So like all German breweries will finish their Doppelbocks in tour. Mm. And I can't remember why, but yeah, so like most German classic German breweries will do a Doppelbock that ends in a tour. The Aventinus. Oh, okay. Their Aventinus is, I think, the their Doppelbock that they they freeze to still. Mm. I, um, I remember I remember having a bock at some point from Rainville, and he was like, "You've got to try this," and and, and I literally bought it because it had the little goat. It had the goat emblem on the label. They had like a little goat on a elastic string around the neck of the yeah. bottle as well. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to that. buy it now. It's, yeah, it's, it's it the now. millennials' Kinder Egg, I think. Is, is yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's a little, little collectible. Yeah, it's like I got, got, a little, got a little thing I could put on my keys. But but no, it's like I, I've literally, I, 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 you probably, I don't know if you've seen me, but I've just literally been sat there looking at my glass and not like, oh my god, what is that? It's like trying to work out what I'm drinking because it's like you know on, on the on the bottle it's like caramel and toast, and it's like. In the, in the nicest way, it's almost like burnt caramel that you sometimes get on like a creme brulee on the top, on mm. toast, on toast, and it, it's just weird, it, you know. I, know. I know that doesn't sound like maybe the best description or the nicest description in the world, but it, it's just such a fantastic blend of flavors. Like I said, I, I've never tried anything like it. I'm kind of looking at it in wonderment of like, just what is it? You know, it's just because it, it's just <laughs> yeah. this absolute cocktail of flavors that I'm like. It's seven point five percent, and I'm drinking it in you know like small, small measures. You know, I know it's only a, a three thirty oh bottle God. technically, but yeah, Aaron's no, just, just is, fuck yeah, it's 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 stuck a straw in it. It's all right, um, <laughs> but it's just like I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I keep going back for a little bit more. It's just it's compelling me to drink more just to discover something different with each time. Trying to like uncover what what's yeah. going on. It's like you know, this is the whole sort of reason of, you know, why we've done this podcast and 
why lags are so great is that you can get these different variations that challenge your perception it's not just well it's a lager it's yellow well i mean look at color of that it's it's like yeah it's like it's like a porter you know yeah. it's it's crazy yeah this is it as well like if you'd have given that to you know the average joe and said oh yeah i've got this beer for you i would i would say they would have gone through 99.99 percent of all styles before they got to what it actually is and I think that again, that when you when uh, we, we were saying that, you know, it's the ed- education of people, and I think that's why it's nice that we have breweries that specialise in in things. I know it's a it's a really really big decision to do, with you know saying right we specialise in this, and this is all we have. Like you know, going to meetings or whatever and saying I want a pale ale, I want a stout or something. It's like yeah, we all do, but we're not going to be doing that because we specialise in this. But it's nice to know that someone does it and does it really, really well. So we, they can teach everyone else how to do it well. That's it, yeah. It's just, yeah. and then the more people that drink the specialised products, it means, you know, there's there's more there's more choice. And, like, what is life without choice, really? You know? Exactly. Well, <laughs> and that, that's the whole point of the craft beer world. There is, there is a style and a beer out there that everyone will enjoy. You know, whether that's a pale, an IPA, a stout, a sour, a lager, whatever style it might be. If you give, you know, somebody who says, I don't like beer, what do you like then? And from that, you were able to, you know, my, my wife, she likes sours because she likes cider and fruity gins and things like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. even even if you can get people that drink mass produced lager to drink a nice malty lager, you know, and things like that. And and then go from, like we said, the cold IPA to the pails. There, there's some, it's like, a, I always get told that I've never found a whiskey I like. And it's like, oh, I don't like whiskey. It's because you've not found the one that's right for you. And I feel like mm-hmm. beer is the same. Is that some people will find a style or maybe even the one beer, you know, it, it's the one beer and that's what they stick to. You need to find that one thing that then changes your mind. It's because my journey, which I've said many a times before on the podcast, you know, in, you know, to death now is that I didn't drink anything really. because I didn't want lager. And I didn't want, you know, what I perceived as boring, flat, warm beer on cask. And then I discovered, mm. you know, like a brew dog, magic rock, you know, all that, and progressed on from there. And it's like, oh my God, you know, beer can be this amazing thing. And and, and I suppose it's the same with lager is that making people, you know, you've got the umbrella term of beer and then obviously lager's part of that umbrella, but then lager's got its own, you know, 100 different yes. subcategories of lager. Lager's not just lager. You know, beer's not just beer. It's it, it's just crazy. But I, I suppose it begs the question, Peter, of, you know, who, who thinks of these things? That, like, I, I, how do you think of, I'll tell you what, let's, let's make a lager and, you know, condition it and ferment it at minus five you know or minus one degree what what who, yeah. who, who sat there thinking of these ideas do you all sort of, yeah do you do you all have a meeting do you all just have like a, a spreadsheet that you took ideas into what's the what, what's the sort of the, the process there yeah we're quite, quite lucky that's the great thing about working with pillars is, is you get to see the head brewer every day i get to see the head of operations every day and we're always chatting and um yeah it's a combination of what are your ideas for specials? Also, mm. we had we sat down and had a meeting, and um, the head brewer will always come in and he'll, he'll have an idea. Marius, and um, I have to shout out, of course, because he's amazing. <laughs> I made sure I would. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mar- Marius has a plan, but um, we're also there's always just like <clears throat> like kids in you know supermarket. We're prodding him. What about this? Like I'm talking about like rice lagers <laughs> or you know a table lager yeah. or mm. what can we do a Baltic porter, which is for if people don't know is using lager yeast and uh-huh. obviously we we have we have a uh, we have an umbrella to work towards, but yeah, it's a combination of looking back. Like as I said, a lot of if you want to know lager, you, you kind of look at the best and you look at see what German brewers are doing, look at see what some Belgian brewers are doing, um, with they obviously lagers over there are, are, are kind of a, a step above and um, but like kind of where it is now with ipas I remember back in the day when i was working in brewdog or coming over it's like when someone brought over you know um, trillium or uh pliny the elder these like iconic american yeah, styles yeah, yeah. have them like blows your mind but like there's breweries now in the uk there are brewing beers uh, almost you know similar in part not better in certain styles i think the beer scene over here now is just mm. incredible and so i think Lager, like maybe that, that the ugly duckling is somewhat behind in terms of the amount of breweries that are specializing in it and trying to make it better in, yeah. in, in the UK. Um, and obviously we're, we're, we're delighted to be part of that. And, but yeah, it's a combination of, of looking around you, seeing what's working, 
see what styles we haven't tried, kind of pushing the brangies and, and what lager yeast can do. Because as I say, it's a stubborn, it's a stubborn thing to be working with, but it can do some amazing things. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's me or any of the team just going, well, I had this one beer, it's kind of like this. Can we try this? <laughs> it could be it could be super analytical and super researched, or it could be just like, what about this? Which is which is great about working at the brewery. So I, I suppose that that leads nicely on in in many respects to the the next the next ice. Right, you're on the barrel age. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's, it's, well, you said this is the, the the original version has spent many many weeks obviously conditioning and doing these things. So you clearly had some left or had some already some plans for part of the batch because this is the same beer as far as I'm aware but then barrel aged now the last beer was 7.5% this is 10.8 so <laughs> have you have you that beefed it up again with like a, like a third fermentation or something because it can't have just Go no, it's it's just full of it. cocaine essentially. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> on, that, on that basis, let, let's let's crack it. Yep, <laughs> let's do it, yeah, man. Let's, yeah, go. Yeah. let's chug it. Yeah, let's do an Aaron. Let's chug it. Yeah. So yeah, the, as as you guys open the bottles, hopefully successfully. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> bar, the barrel age is, is is a combination of, of of us working with one of our um favorite and, and local uh, producers too, is this East London Liquor Company. Um, so geez, I don't even know if I mentioned it, but Pillars were, were from Walthamstow, um, so East London. East London is kind of homeland. And so um, East London Liquor Company, like the name suggests, are based in, in Bow, and they make incredible gins and incredible vodkas for the majority of, of their existence. But what they have done recently is, um, well, done recently, it's it's a whiskey, so it's been a long time in the works. But um, they, they've started um, really kind of honing in on, on their whiskey series and, and creating various different types of whiskey. Uh, and this... Uh, icebox the very first icebox that well, the icebox that you drank spent uh, six six to nine months in in one of their rye whiskey casks okay um and so cool. when you put when you put beer in a cask it, it kind of brewing is all about science and keeping things clean and under control as we said but putting it to the to the gods of wood uh, kind of <laughs> crazy things happen we didn't think it was going to ferment to this to this uh degrees um but it did and you probably you probably won't even notice it because it's 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 a it's oh, almost wow. a different beer. Yeah, that is an amazing smell. As soon as I've opened the bottle, I, hang on, I'm just, oh. just going to check. It's not my hands after cooking. But <laughs> what what have you been cooking? That's what I want to know. Well, I, I used <laughs> I used pepper, but as soon okay. as I opened it, that was the initial like a peppery like spiciness to it to it. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely from that. It's yeah, from so that, that. we're quite lucky that the the, the rye casks were super fresh because it's one of the first batches that um, East Living Liquor Company had, had been working on. So yeah, the, the cask um, it, it's almost it's a whole new ingredient almost putting it in the cask um, and it takes it to a whole new level in terms of aroma, as you say, and flavor. Mm. So yeah, you're probably going to get a lot of like vanilla on there, spice, like you said. Uh, yeah, me, I, I might be completely wrong with like a peppery spiciness as i say i i, I have cooked but no it's definitely that's that's yeah. the the thing i'm getting first uh, just initially in like instantly recognizable as well yeah so well, that's what that's yeah that's what i say in my tastings is like what's the first thing that comes to your head or your smell or your taste and, and say it because mm. there are no wrong answers because mm. people get really no, scared no. when they're trying beer and they're like i can't smell anything it's like whatever it just says mm. and like, yeah 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 you have to you have to train yourself, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely a lot of spice coming in, and um, yeah, just took the ice box to it to a whole new level um, in terms of flavor and aroma, and I think it's probably one of the best beers we've ever made. I mean, that, oh, wow, that's just—I mean, the the normal box was just ridiculous. That's just like you said. That's just put it on crack and just sent it. You know, yeah, disclaimer: you know, there is no cocaine in this. Yeah, it's uh, just it's probably just... the. The police don't come knocking on the door. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> the points of cocaine podcast. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, just you know, the, the the previous one was dark, but that had a slight, you know, bit of opacity. But that is just like a stout. Now you know mm -hmm. that is just that is just dark yeah. like a stout. Now. It's, that it's, is amazing, isn't it? There's like a little bit of uh, licorice in there as well. I'm picking up uh, towards the back. In that, um, not not quite aniseed, but it is like a mm -hmm. like a like a, just a. I'd say it, it's going to sound really awful. It's a really bad comparison, but uh, my granddad used to smoke um, 
licorice papers oh, yeah, yeah. with his six and it's that sort of uh, like smell and I, I didn't eat them but like I can imagine that's like, yeah, I'm, you know? I'm glad you didn't eat them <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that's what they that, 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 the, the taste like though I mean that is it's really like, really complex isn't it yeah the, the char of the cask will, will kind of add that kind of smokiness leatheriness to yeah, it yeah you, you get it's the water at the end you definitely mm. get that hit oh yeah 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 you can turn the radiators off now, yeah. Yeah, free, yeah. Mm. I don't need to eat some after this. I've already done yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not meta money. No. Yeah. Christ. Made a voice book. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I am now. I plan on having a late night to try and edit this down when we finish recording, but I mean, I think I'll be staying up anyway after I've drank this, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm not going to sleep after that. Wow. Do, do, you, like, um, do you guys have a tap room at the brewery then? Am I, am I right in saying Yeah, do, yeah. Do you, do you serve that? I mean... Yeah, so we've got um, we don't have any kegs of, of the, the of the barrel age, but we've got a few little key kegs of, of the of the regular ice buck. Um, and yeah, that's on our tap room. Tap rooms open Friday, Sunday, and then we got another venue nearby as well called the Untraditional Pub, um, which is fifty minutes from from like brewery. I mean, I mean, I couldn't even. I mean, I'm sure you serve that in thirds. I mean, no, nobody, yeah. nobody's sticking a pint of that. Surely, <laughs> no. no. Uh, I would I'd dread, dread to think if somebody had a pint of that. Crikey. God. The barrel age challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Get it yeah. down, you. Yeah. Mm. It is real. Honestly, I'm just, I really, really am enjoying that. But I think as well, obviously doing it in the in the way we have, you know, starting with the with the pills, you know, going onto the first icebox and then going onto the, uh, onto the barrel age, which is definitely the right way to go. Because I think if I'd had that first and then the pills... It's, oh, yeah, well, you wouldn't have done that anyway, you know. It'd have been like having water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought the, yeah, I thought the, uh, the seven, the seven five was good. That's incredible. That I really no, like that. The brewers would be very happy to hear that. Mm. I'm not. Yeah, I, I sound like I'm like really shocked and surprised at, at how good it is. I'm not, by the way. I, you know, I've had your beers before. I know how good they are. Um, yeah, but that I love, absolutely love that. No, that's awesome. It's more, it's more just a, you know, it's just a, an amazement, a wonderment almost of the style and the actual complexity yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, I think this is one of these things is that working in the shop, people say, oh, you know, barrel aging and wax sealing and da da da. You know, why is this beer? Exp-? You know, we had a tasting on Friday last week and we had one of the big bottles of Daya, um, that were you know seven fifty mm. mil bottle and and it were eighteen quid a bottle. So why is it eighteen pound? Are you trying to almost justify why it's eighteen quid? You know, it's. You know, it's fermentation, it's barrel aged, and blah blah blah. And I think sometimes it can be a bit like a, a gimmick of, well, it's barrel aged, that's another pound. It's got a wax seal top, well, that's another pound. And oh, it's a, you know, just just do the buzzwords. I'll put the buzzwords on the label, and it's like these things are done because they can, or because they feel like they can maybe charge more for it, not because it actually makes a better product at the end. If you know what I mean, like you know, you mm-hmm. might get a stout and a barrel aged one, and you know, eight times out of ten. You know, it's probably a better, you know, a better product to add something. But sometimes you'll get them, and people said, "Well, for normal version, it's nice that, you know, there's a, a, an actual difference." You know, because some sometimes it's just a stout; it's the same ABV, but we'll put this one in a barrel, so we'll charge you two pound more. But you know, that's seven point five. That's ten point eight. There's, you know, marked differences between the two different ones beyond the ABV that justify mm. what inevitably will be a difference in cost and you know availability and you know inevitably because I, I imagine there's probably a lot less of the the uh, the barrel aged one than the standard version yeah it's a really good point like m- most most breweries that you speak to um have a few barrels or and whatnot like and you don't make money on releasing like these kind of beers um, no no the, cu- the customers see that price and they're like God, they must be making this like no nah, it's not it's not a <laughs> it's not a revenue stream um that breweries for it's it's more experimentation and, and kind of showcasing what 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 can be out there a marketing almost um uh, experiment just to, to kind of get people intrigued because yeah like people don't realize if you once a certain abvs hit that their duty has gone up exponentially in terms of the, what the brewery has to pay um, yep. things in barrels barrels are very thirsty things they absorb a lot of the beer so you lose lots of the liquid and um, yeah as you say the waxing takes literally hand power to dip <laughs> these one by one where they could be <laughs> doing various other things and, and also the beer like i said the icebox spends a lot of time in tank you know we, we could brew you know three four batches of, of pilsner in that time and um, and it's like even if you if it was that was a pale ale brewery mm-hmm. you know you could brew 10 15 Mm. Badges in that time, so 
I say yeah. people don't, it's, it's a time, and I know some people, you know, sometimes time sort of joked about or overlooked as well. You know, time doesn't cost anything, but in, in business, what time's money, you know what I mean? Like, you say, yeah, time, exactly. yeah, 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 time is literally money, and, and, and it's the risk, you know, because you might have that sat in a barrel for a year, you drink it in a year's time, and it could be horrible, you know, you, you might have just <laughs> all that time and all that money and all that effort has just yeah. gone down the you know, it's it's you're paying for that risk and that time, aren't you? Because you yeah. can't just say, well, you know, it's come out fine, so we'll just charge, you know, standard price for it. Well, yeah, no, yeah. because. Like you say, you could have brewed X amount of batches of whatever to, you know, mitigate it and yeah. generate the same revenue or whatever it might be. And it's it's not an you know, it's not an appreciated thing, I don't think, sometimes, is that the craftsmanship and the time and the effort and in this world, especially now where it's, you know, almost that cyclical thing of next, 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 you know, next beer needs to be out, it needs to be out, it needs to be out. And mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. criticism of a lot of beers, I think, and you know putty has just come out from verdant at the minute i've got cans on the way and i think that's one of the key examples is when i get a can i leave it a few weeks before i drink it because i think it's far too green when it's released mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's because they don't have enough time to leave it in a tank for an extra couple of weeks to you know let it you know yeah. you know, settle down a little bit and mature that a little bit longer whereas with this you, you kind of have to you know you, you kind of you don't have a choice but to let a lager or this sort of beer sit and when it's ready it's ready you know yeah. that, that and that's it. There's, there's, you can't speed the process. You can't do anything with it. And if you release it early, there's no hiding place. You know because it's not like an IPA or a dipper or whatever that you can just hop it to death and it'll be fine. You know with it with a lager, you'll you'll get discovered very quickly. That if it's not a good one, then people aren't going to come back, are they? Yes. No, you, you couldn't put it better. The lager is 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 a very delicate brew style. Many things could go wrong, and mm. like you say. As I said, one batch of, of our Pilsner, you can brew three batches of a of a pale ale. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a scary endeavor, but it, it I think that the brew team have and, and the guys who found it really put in a lot of time and effort and investment in the kit, which would be great if you guys ever come down to London, you get to see our tanks and stuff like that. It's uh, that's pretty much where all the money goes <laughs> is into the kit. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, why we, we're not doing you know. You might not see us at the Wembley Arena yet to pay for us two hundred thousand listing fee, but we might have some new tanks. You know, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean a, a London trip is is a must for me at some point. You know, because I've not oh, done man. the I've not done a proper London trip for for ages, and I, I um, no, no, I haven't. It's just uh. obviously I know I know that London is a big place. I know it's silly to say it, but obviously there's so many great places to go from pillar to post. You know, pardon the pun of pillars, but pillar to post literally of from one side of London to the other of all these different yeah. places to go, but to come down and, and actually witness it, you know, for ourselves would be, it'd be fantastic. So, I mean, if it would be a, where yeah. we can. <laughs> Two Northern lads down in the South. Yeah. Taking yeah, over yeah, their yeah. manor. <laughs> uh, I, think we'll to, I think we'll have to put the uh, respective spouses up for the evening. If we're going to get away with that, Aaron, I think, I don't think we'll get away with a, uh, a boys. Nah, we'll leave them at home. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> well, so one of them, one of uh, one of them will move out with each other, and we'll have to live together in like a a bachelor bachelor accommodation. It sounds like with an Ale and Isle, with an Ale and Isle, even. We'll we'll sort something out at some point, I'm sure. Um, but Peter, I suppose um, you know we're coming towards the end of, of of the podcast now. But I, you know, thank you for 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 this, you know, this time that you've taken to to speak with us and and send you know you sent us the beer kindly and we, we massively appreciate it and i'm gonna keep sipping these um whilst i'm editing this podcast down and subject to what seb's doing when i go upstairs and he's probably kicking and screaming <laughs> i'll probably uh probably start drinking this while i'm trying to uh settle him down to sleep but can you give us before you leave any indication of what the next you know i suppose it's hard in us you know in a way because of the, the current landscape but what the next you know, 12 months, six months, whatever the next few months look like, four pillars in terms of your plans, your special releases, um, anything like that in terms of festival attendances or whatever you might be hosting. What what, what does the 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 short-term future look like for you guys? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, <clears throat> yeah, speaking of landscape, we're just doing everything we can in our in our control um, to kind of to make sure that we're putting out the best beers possible. Um, so... Last year, 2022, was our biggest year of growth. And so we're mm-hmm. just going to kind of hopefully um, keep keep that momentum going. So big plans in terms of our, our production uh, schedule to get the full use out of our new shiny tanks and um, make sure the beer is sitting in there as long as possible without upsetting any of our customers. 
Um, what also was really cool about Pillars is our community as well. So we've got a really cool, uh, people will see on our Instagram page, we've got um, Eater Heat, which is a charity we team up with every year at the tap room. So people can come and they pay a nominal entry fee and then they every point they, they can kindly donate to a local food uh, bank and also helping people pay their energy bills. So that's happening next month. Um, in terms really of beer, we're releasing a, a Vienna Lager this year. We're also going to be releasing um, a New Zealand Pilsner in collaboration with a local um, arts gallery called um, William Morris. So you guys know who William Morris is. Maybe some of your listeners do. Famous kind of a designer um, who's based in Walthamstow. So they're really cool. They give us the rights to one of his famous designs each year that we put in our bottles. And then half the proceeds of that go to maintaining the, the gallery. If you do come down, you have to go to, or if anyone's ever gone, going to Walthamstow, they should check out the William Morris Gallery. It's beautiful. Um, and then other things we've got going on. Yeah, so Vienna Lager, Hoppin' Pills. We're going to be brewing a table lager, which uh, I've kind of squeezed into the schedule. So a lower ABV lager. Um, and what's really cool, unfortunately, you guys didn't get to try it, but we're releasing um, our Hellas. It's going to be the uh, recipes taking a whole different change of approach and um, cool. so the pilsner that you guys tried had amarillo hops in it obviously iconic american hop oh nice hellas cool. normally is, has centennial citra in it but we're releasing um a new version of our hellas moving forward till the hopefully till um till the end of time using um german hops so we're going a bit more classic with that so i'm using tetnanger metal fruit and had a terror tradition hops in that mm-hmm. so our hellas is going to be kind of like our um homage to, to german brewing um and then also we're going to be releasing different versions of our hop lager. So uh, the one I was drinking um, is kind of like our cold IPA, IPA if you will. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a dry hop, uh, 4.5%. And we use Centennial, Citra and Simcoe in that. But this year we'll be releasing four different versions with four different hop varieties in it each time, nice. um, which is fun. So we're speaking to some cool um, English hop producers like Charles Farham to work with them and then um, try and get some different hop um combinations again keeping the brewers really intrigued and, and, mm. tri- and trying new things um, and then towards the end of the year really 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 excited for is we're going to be brewing a porter oh, so ooh. yeah a style obviously synonymous with like ale and, and, and cast uh-huh, and yeah, UK, yeah. but mm. like like i mentioned earlier you can do baltic porters which is is brewed yep. with lager yeast and obviously in, in, coming from the, the cold cold temperatures of the baltic area and um, but mm. that normally comes out around like six to seven point five percent so we're going to be trying to dial in a, a porter that's around 4.5%. And we're going to condition that, cold condition that with our lager yeast and, and get some really nice um, traditional English hops, or sorry, English malt varieties with that. Mm-hmm. So mm, That sounds cool, that. That's good. Yeah, really excited for that. So that's coming out at, well, almost in, in nine months' time. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't hold your breath. Um, yeah. But oh. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of the schedule we have for the year. And then we'll be doing our I Ice Bock again. Um and we were discussing if we were going to put another version in, in barrels again. So we might work with East London Liquor Company again, or we might go further afield. Uh, I'd love to yeah, put it, it in some of my favourite Irish whiskey barrels. But uh, I was going to say, it's got to be Irish whiskey, hasn't it? Surely. I would I mean, love it, on. yeah. <laughs> the one thing that you it. might be able to influence or just have some input on, just can we please make it a whiskey? Please, please can we make yeah. it a whiskey? Well, that's... It's got to do. You've got to do that, surely. Yeah, so that, that that's... That's a little up in the air, but um, yeah, the main main plan is just to keep keep getting our beers out there, keep making the best lagers we can, and uh, hopefully hopefully continue and grow as, as an independent brewery in the lager scene, which is not easy. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. But it's it just goes to show though that under again under that umbrella that you know you know you you hop from pills and things. I know it sounds daft to say it, but you can you know there's infinite amount of combinations you can do with that. You know you can obviously you're subject mm. to the the production and you know the maturation and conditioning of them but the possibilities are endless like ipas and pails you know because there's an argument to say that once you've had one pale or ipa yeah. you know regardless of how it's hot you've tried them all you know but lager is a little bit different a little you know because the flavors are a little bit more subtle and things you might be able mm-hmm. to appreciate those individual hop characteristics a little bit more because they're not all competing and fighting for attention like they are in such you know mm-hmm. high high hop ratio beers and things so it's it's quite a an interesting schedule and you know exciting calendar that you can produce that you are doing something genuinely different and not just doing something because you can you're doing it again like the the icebox and the barrel age version you're doing it because you can make a genuinely different product each time to give somebody something different and 
we'll certainly keep an eye out for the different variations and you know if you if you are doing another variation of the the ice pocket you know towards the end of the year it'd be great to uh convene again if not beforehand and, and we'll try the different yeah wait, why not let's yeah. do it man yeah, yeah, yeah why not i'm i'm all for it you know if we can do that and uh even find some bottles that have been stashed away from this year and uh, compare them a year down the line and, and take them from there. Yeah, but, we have we have the ice block section of hidden in the in the in the cold room and that's yeah, like just... 2017s all the way up to now. So. Oh wow, wow, yeah, that'll be amazing. Well, that would be an afternoon, wouldn't it? <laughs> there we go. That's that we won't have to go anywhere else. We'll just do that for afternoon. Yeah, just yeah, try we'll every just come different... down there. <laughs> yeah, just try every different ice. I'll bring an airbag too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a cracking afternoon. But no, Peter, thank thank you very much for 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 this evening, for taking the time to do this. And and again, no, thanks beers. for having me. It's been um, great. It's been great. And you know, from you guys reaching out and sending us some beers, it certainly opened my eyes to to what lager certainly can be and what it is just beyond the. Like I said before, it's just it's just fizzy golden water. You know, it, it's yeah. it's much more beyond that. So, um, before um we wrap up. Where can people find out more about pillars, and indeed, where can people buy pillars beer from? Yeah, so you can if you're looking for a retail customer, you go to pillarsbrewery.com, and you can order from our online shop there. Um, or if you're in London, um, predominantly East London, but we're getting about, you can see us uh, in lots of pubs. Uh, follow our Instagram handle, uh, or come to the brewery on a weekend. It's great. Um, in a little industrial estate in Northeast London, it doesn't get more hipster than that. But uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you can follow us on the website or on our Instagram is the best place to, to find out where our beer is. Cool. Excellent stuff. And we can highly recommend going and give them a try. And we look forward to whatever's coming out in future. And, you know, we might, like say, we might do a another one in, in the meantime, a, a lager special and highlight what you've got coming out in future, especially this, this uh, hot, we'll send you, hot We'll series, send you some so, specials. Don't yeah. worry. No, that's, that's much appreciated, mate. But uh, like I say, thank you. Once again, and people, please do go find Pillars on Instagram and check out the web shop. But Aaron as well, thank you for joining me this evening. I uh, No, no, thank you for having me. Uh, Peter uh, as well, thank you so much, mate. No worries. Yeah, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll speak very, very soon. Yes, we will. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you.